0: Hey, welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are going to continue our annual anniversary examination I guess. I don't know what you want to call it. I wouldn't
1: call it annual. This is the first time we've ever done it. So Well,
0: sure. Okay. Soon to be annual. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, you know what? I don't know what the hell to call it. It's a thing we're doing where we're going to go back and we're going to look at some movies that are celebrating anniversaries this year. And we are theming this. We're theming this this year with alien movies, not movies that are just in the alien franchise universe, but movies that have aliens in them. So, we've already done Predator, and we already did E.T. Today, we're talking about 1992's Alien 3, or Alien to the Third Power?
1: To the Third Power.
0: Yeah. It is an elevated three. It's not like the number three separated by a space. It is an, an elevated three that is slightly above the N,
1: what do you think? I like they how met? on the movie poster it says, three times the suspense, three times the danger, and three times the terror."
0: Right. Well, they have to have a. You have to have. You have to have a catchphrase, right? The original was "In space, no that one can really hear you scream." That is really long
1: for a catchphrase. It is. It is. Yeah,
0: <laughs> the original was "In space, no one can hear you scream." And if I were to rewrite this, I would say, "On a prison planet, no one gives a shit if you scream." so yeah so what's your history with the alien movies i think you've seen at least one of them right
1: i had seen previous to watching this alien and aliens
0: okay but
1: i first watched them in the last six years, because I didn't uh, watch them until you and I got together.
0: So again, this and is you all kind my fault. Of, yeah, okay. you kind
1: of were like, you got to watch this. And I'm like, eh, all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, yeah, okay. So I'll, I mean, you know, I, I'll accept responsibility. But I did go back that. and
1: watch those first two again, before I watched this third one, because I couldn't remember anything about those movies other than Sigourney Weaver's in it. Right. And you have, something bursting out of somebody's chest at one point
0: and there's aliens i get it i get it if you weren't if you're not a fan of these movies you probably don't remember them very well
1: yeah i didn't so i was like okay i gotta go back watch those two although uh, i i think it's good i did watch them because that this third one does pick up right after the second and i might have been like what the hell's going on <laughs> so <laughs> yeah who are these people
0: yeah, it doesn't ever actually specify exactly how long after aliens this takes place, does it?
1: I thought it did. Did it? I thought they mentioned how long they'd been out there.
0: I know in the in, in aliens they mentioned that Ripley was floating in space for 57 years after the events of Alien, but I don't remember if this is the one this and resurrection are the ones that I don't have a whole lot of like affinity for so I don't have as much information stored in my brain as I do about alien and aliens, just okay. so I, just so the listener has some, some knowledge of my experience. Alien is one of the first scary movies I ever saw. And I saw it because my mother in, I want to say 80 or 81, we were living in New Jersey and she was watching this on TV late at night on HBO. It was the first time it had been on HBO or something like that. I snuck downstairs and watched it from the stairs. So that was my that was my experience. <laughs> There's a lot of me sneaking downstairs and watching movies behind my parents' backs when I was younger.
1: Well, that makes me feel a little better because whenever you tell me you watch this with your mom or something like that, I'm always like, why did she let you watch all these crazy movies?
0: <laughs> she would let me read all kinds of books too. I remember when we were traveling from base to base one time. I don't remember exactly... Where we were coming, either we were coming from Columbus going to New Jersey, or we were coming from Alaska going to Columbus, whichever one it was. We were coming back from, we would always take leave in between transferring stations. And we were coming back from visiting my Aunt Dave or my Aunt Bev and my Uncle Dave in Northern Michigan. And my mother had a book that was called. And it was about like killer snakes or some shit. I don't remember exactly what it was. <laughs> and I asked her if I could read it. So she would read parts of it and then she would say, Okay, this is good for you to read. And she would tell me what page I could read up to. And then she would take it back and she would keep reading it. So,
1: ah, okay. Well, she's not completely. So she she yeah. read it first. So she kind of. Right. See, but she- I, I feel like I started reading Stephen King books probably 14, 15, somewhere in there.
0: Sure. And I
1: feel like if my mom had read those first she probably wouldn't have been okay with me reading those <laughs> even at 1450 and i don't think she would have let me read those
0: sure yeah well my mom isn't exactly innocent in all this so you know she did let me watch american werewolf in london because i really really wanted to when i was seven or something like that but by then i'd already oh, boy. seen i'd already seen like dawn of the dead and wait no i wouldn't have been seven how old would i have been eight Eight Years old, probably at that point, because it came out in '81, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but I'd already sneaked, I'd already snuck watched Dawn of the Dead over their shoulders while they were watching it. I'd already snuck watched Alien. I mean, I, it, there was a whole like there's a there's like a smorgasbord of stuff that went into what made me watch you know, made me watch and read horror as a young lad.
1: <laughs> That's just crazy.
0: Yeah, so it's so you know we formed a bond, my mom and I, when it comes to horror films. So when Aliens came out, we went and saw Aliens in theaters together. Mm-hmm. An R-rated movie. Thirteen years old went with my mom. We went and saw Aliens. Not the end of the world, but no, I'm sure there's people out there who have went went with their parents younger, and I, you know i'm not saying that i'm anything special when it comes to that i just say that's the fond memory that i have with my mother
1: right that's just that's your experience with Mm -hmm. it so Mm -hmm.
0: now i saw this in theaters as well alien 3 i saw it in theaters i came out of it wondering what the hell i just watched
1: (laughs) interesting side note because you're saying this i think we should talk about Just real briefly, the problems that this movie had getting made. There was a lot of involvement or the studio, I think it was it was a Century Fox, I think 20th Century
0: Fox, yeah. Lots of studio interference in this.
1: This, yeah. And so there was a lot of rewrites. There was also once they were in editing, they went back and did reshoots.
0: Oh, yeah. Without Um, the director's permission.
1: Right. So there's lots of stuff going back and forth. And so if this doesn't feel cohesive or what the heck am I watching? Mm-hmm. That is why I think is because you have too many people in there pulling strings, trying to pull it this way and that.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I, famously, David Fincher has, has renounced this movie. He doesn't want anything to do with this movie because this isn't his vision. Uh, this isn't his baby because of what the studio interfered with and because of how they edited the film and because of the reshoots and all this stuff without his involvement at all. So he had, he had absolutely nothing to do with this movie after he walked off the set. And in fact, when they put together, there was an alien quadrilogy box set of DVDs. And when they put that together, they offered him the opportunity to come in and make a director's cut of this. But he said, look, there's not enough, of what I had originally envisioned filmed to make a director's cut. You guys can pound sand now that he did put together something called an assembly cut, which was kind of like an editor's cut almost of the film. They just put in a bunch of stuff that was previously cut. And he said, if you guys want to do that, that's fine. But he really doesn't have any involvement with this. I think he would have Alan Smithied this if he had a chance, but. Yeah, why he, he didn't he,
1: sounds like he said that if you want a director's cut, I need to go reshoot the movie.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, because because they were involved so heavily in what was yeah. going on. I mean, and I, I listened to and read the original script from William Gibson that he turned in for this. It is nothing like this movie. It has to do with Newt and Hicks having to go and like deal with aliens while Ripley's in a coma. Like these guys aren't dead, you know, Ripley's not barely in the movie, but Fox wanted to make sure that this thing was going to hit. They wanted to make sure that this was going to be big and, and they didn't want to leave that to somebody that, you know, just didn't necessarily have what they thought of as chops. So you get the, you know, you get the producers in there writing the script and this is what happens when that happens, you know?
1: All right. Should we just go in real quick to talk about the director and writer here?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, please definitely do that.
1: Okay. So you already mentioned the director is David Fincher. This was written by David Giller, Walter Hill, and Larry Ferguson. The star Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley. Charles S. Dutton as Leonard Dillon. Charles Dance as Dr. Jonathan Clemens. And Paul McGann as Walter Golick. And then there's a whole bunch of other people, but I'm not going to get into all the rest of
0: them. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, now Walter Hill has been heavily involved in the Alien series of films. He's produced, I think, all of them. So it's not like he doesn't know anything about the Alien franchise. So there's some pedigree there but he's a producer primarily and I think the problem really comes that he doesn't trust the the writer and the director enough. But yeah.
1: Now this was nominated for best effects for an oh. Oscar.
0: Yeah. He, okay, so to keep that in perspective, Birds of or not Birds of Prey but uh, Suicide Squad was nominated for best makeup <laughs> back in the day. Now that doesn't mean Dick as far as a movie being good or being well-made it just means that hey maybe we gotta throw you a little you know a little bone or something i don't know so yeah stan winston was approached for the special effects but he wasn't available for them so they put they had they had a group that he suggested and they're the ones that did the effects for it so they're kind of Acolytes of Stan Winston. We talked about Stan Winston with the Predator, Predator, a creature. He created that or helped create that with Tom Savini. I think you'd said, right. Is that what it was? Tom Savini. Yep. Oh no, wait.
1: Oh uh, no, no, no. That was, that was black um, phone.
0: Yeah. That was black, that was phone. black phone. Yeah. Never mind.
1: I was like, we just talked about him. Recently. Yeah.
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But you know, who was involved was HR Giger. He's the guy that, that created the art upon which the alien creatures were based. He was brought back to kind of reimagine. The alien, because we we really do get a different kind of alien this time around.
1: I have so, a question. So yeah. before we get into this, yeah. I was trying to, while we were watching this, figure out what are the different type of aliens. So you you mm-hmm. get out of this pod thing. Is that where the face huggers come out of? Like the eggs?
0: The eggs, the face covers come out. The face huggers come out of an egg, yep.
1: Okay, so then the face hugger goes attaches itself to a human and mm-hmm. like implants something in the chestburster. The yep. And then the chestburster is is ends up being that little worm like alien, right? That's the with that's teeth. kind
0: of yeah, it's kind of the first the version. Worm with teeth. Yeah.
1: And then okay. that thing then evolves eventually up into that large alien.
0: The xenomorph, yep.
1: Okay. All right. I was like, wait a minute, how many different aliens do we have here? But then I was like, no, no, no. I think it's all one, but I think it like has like a caterpillar process almost, you know?
0: Right. There's kind of a, yeah, there's kind of a thing there. Yeah. But there's also a queen too. So one of the, I mean, I don't know what the hierarchy is, what, what human gets to be the host of the queen, you know, or, or because later we have in this movie we have a different type of alien it's not just the xenomorph it's called the dog alien or they call it the dragon they call the dragon in the movie they also call it the runner alien because it's fast it's agile it's quick and well we'll get into that we'll get into that why don't we why don't we why don't we dive into the movie and we can talk a little bit more as we go along about what we think of this new version of the the creature so as we mentioned before, this movie takes up after the events of aliens. I don't know. And I didn't have in my notes how long after aliens this occurs, but basically an egg hatches. One of the alien eggs pops open on the Sulaco and a face hugger jumps out and a fire ends up starting somehow. I'm not exactly sure how the fire starts. I think, I think the face hugger cut itself on glass to release acid To get into the tube to face hug one of the.
1: Like a little girl.
0: It was the, was it the little girl? Yeah. Was it Newt? Okay. So. I think so. I think what happens is that that acid starts a fire. And that's oh, okay. what causes, it's never really fully explained. There's it's a, very confusing. There's, yeah, there's just, there's a fire and the ship's computer sends an escape pod out with Ripley, Newt and Hicks and Bishop what's left of them. And still in cryostasis and the pod crash lands on a planet, which is a maximum security. They call it a double Y chromosome correctional facility all guys all dudes all male work facility so when it crashes there the crash kills hicks and presumably newt as well bishop is rendered inoperable and the only person surviving is ripley she's literally the last survivor yet again I want to ask you, now that you saw Aliens and then saw this movie, right? Mm-hmm. You, you rewatched Aliens and then jumped right into this. How did you feel about, about them killing off our survivors, most of them, at the beginning of this movie? They're very, I mean, in the credits. They don't even give them screen time other than in the credits.
1: I thought it was weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a weird jump to make
1: i my first note is so is she the only one that could survive each time i mean so far that's how these movies have gone she's the only one that survives except for last time but then shortly after the other two die anyway so
0: yeah yep
1: i i don't Absolutely. know i thought that was weird
0: i know it was very strange it was very strange. And I'd, it, it put me off this movie right off the bat when I first saw this. Coming back to it now, being able to watch it and knowing what to expect, it's a little easier. But when I first watched this in theaters in 92, I remember kind of having a visceral reaction to it and saying, you know, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this. Where's Hicks? You know, I need Hicks in this movie because he survived the last movie he needed to be in this.
1: Right. But- I mean, didn't even get to get out or anything. Well, and then Hicks. Wasn't even affected by an alien. He died from some being impaled by something. Yeah. I don't yeah, know, some equipment crashed on him.
0: Crashed through his stuff, yeah.
1: And this this whole you know what I'm gonna go back here with this face hugger thing now. Yeah. So for some reason I was thinking a face hugger would Like put something in somebody Mm -hmm. and then I don't know. I guess I always thought it was like a bumblebee. You sting somebody, they're done, they're they're done, you know. That's exactly how
0: they put that. That's exactly how they make that seem in every other movie.
1: But now this time, this face hugger goes to I'm assuming it's the same one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's no they they mentioned
0: Yeah, they mentioned no other egg. In fact, Bishop says that they that she brought one egg, the, the queen brought one egg onto the Sulaco and planted it before they had their final battle so yeah that's the same facehugger it doesn't make sense to me the only thing that i can think is because it's a different type of
1: alien do multiple that it can
0: maybe do multiple but here's my problem with that i feel like the runner alien that we're gonna see the dragon quote-unquote takes on some of its Mannerisms from being in a dog
1: mm-hmm. you yep. know what i mean mm-hmm.
0: so so i don't know if i just don't know they don't explain it very well they don't give you they don't even give you like clues like i get that they're not gonna like ripley's not just gonna know although she's gonna act like she knows everything in this movie. are
1: they are they trying to say because it came out of a dog that's why it's behaving differently that's that the it's more agile it. because it's a, a dog versus coming out of a human
0: that's the way I've always taken it and mm. and, okay. and maybe I'm wrong or maybe it's just that's one way to read the movie but yeah okay yeah there's there's one dog on station and and it gets face hugged
1: I was very upset as soon as I saw the da- dog had been face-hugged because I don't like <laughs> it when people mess with dogs and kids. Leave those oh, guys alone.
0: Yeah, so you're, And it was a you're... kid and
1: a dog that was face-hugged this time.
0: <laughs> the inmates find the pod and they pull everybody out. They realize that Hicks and Newt are dead. They leave Bishop because he doesn't work. And they take Ripley back to their med bay where Clemens does some work on her. He puts, like, giving her a sedative or something like that, and she wakes up as, she, as he's doing that. He tells her that nobody else survived. And the prison warden tells her that, look, we're all guys here. Most of these guys haven't seen a woman in, you know, many, many years. You probably shouldn't. You probably shouldn't wander around. And he also tells her that they need to shave her head because of lice. And her private parts too, like everything. You got to shave it all off, all the hair, all the hair comes off. So Ripley ends up doing a GI Jane five years before GI Jane comes out. So Ripley asks Clemens how Newt dies. And he says that she drowned in her pod, but she wants him to do an autopsy because she doesn't believe it. So he brings her to the morgue and we get to see the body along with Ripley. And it doesn't even—it's not—it's not Carrie Han. It's just some other person that maybe looks a little bit like her. Did you think that this person looked at all like Carrie Han? Like no, but movie?
1: I think it wasn't. I don't think it was a person. I think it was a mold or a like a stuffed something or other.
0: Really? So it wasn't. Yeah. Oh.
1: That's what I read. I, I read that they used a mold or something and made her face likeness <laughs> or something. So she, so she wasn't even at this thing.
0: <laughs> well, it's a uh, shitty likeness, I'll tell you. <laughs> Wow, There's a reason shit. why it
1: doesn't look like her as yes, it
0: isn't. <laughs> well, that shit's funny. That's, that's, that's a good reason. Uh, thanks for letting me know. Also, he says, okay, so she drowned and she was asleep when she drowned, right? Is what he said. She was in stasis when her pod filled with water and she drowned, which mm-hmm. means she would have still been asleep. Nothing should have woken her up, but her eyes are wide open.
1: Mm.
0: Why are her eyes wide open if she drowned in her sleep? It don't make any sense to me. Follow the follow the follow the breadcrumbs, man. There's a there's a conspiracy here. I know it. Anyway, I just thought it was silly that they had the eyes open. But obviously they had them open so Ripley could do her whole like, you know, touch the eyelids and make them close thing. But anyway, they do an autopsy, but they don't find an embryo. But they don't the guys don't know what she's looking for. She's looking to make sure there's no embryo. Turns out there's not one. And they have a, they have a funeral, which is basically the Chekhov's foundry, right? because it tells mm-hmm. us it shows us what that, what that area can do, what they can do there, which is they, they have they make molten they, they use molten lead to make things. They have a mold that they used to make like big machinery and uh, they throw new body into them, into the molten lava in the foundry. And while this is going on, while they're having this funeral, we're getting new life because the alien is chest bursting out of the dog, but we don't get a regular chest burster. They completely skip that cycle and we go straight to an alien. And this is again where it differs, right? So obviously, the face hugger was different. The the alien grabbed onto the dog's DNA and it became something else. I don't know because even if that face hugger is different, it lays a queen in Ripley. Spoilers, guys! It it, it lays a queen egg in in Ripley's chest, and it now, takes a lot longer it, to blow up.
1: It, Okay, so my understanding with the research I did is Ripley did not have a face hugger on her. Whatever was in Newt and her pod did whatever and was she was going to die, came out in Newt and apparently forced its way down Ripley's throat. And that's why Ripley's commenting on why her throat hurts at the beginning of the movie is that that's how it got in there? Is it forced its way into her thing and down the thing? And I'm like, nowhere in here, anywhere, would I have ever picked up on that if I hadn't been doing research for parts of this movie?
0: That doesn't make any sense.
1: I, I know, I I just huh. but apparently, yeah, it wasn't a face hugger, it was something that went from Newt into Ripley by force through the throat, but that's- not a face hugger.
0: That's ridiculous. I always thought that it was a misdirection that we were supposed to expect that it was on Newt, but that it had actually gotten onto Ripley. But then again, how would it have gotten onto Ripley? Her pod was still intact.
1: Right. So I don't know how, how the it... other thing got in and, yeah. and forced itself in her mouth. I, yeah. I don't know. How did either no of sense. those
0: things happen? Yeah. How did it how, it could have happened to... either
1: way? Yeah. The other thing I want to point out is I started thinking at this point here when she's doing this weird autopsy thing through probably about half the movie until she finally speaks up and says she knows what the hell this thing is. She could have saved a lot of lives if she would just speak up and say, Hey, I know what this thing is and I know what you have to do, but she does not She just keeps, (laughs) I mean, she doesn't say anything and she keeps everything to herself. And it's all like a big secret for some reason and i thought why is she doing that she is a smart woman they are writing her stupid i don't like it
0: yeah it's it's not a very it's not a very intelligent way to handle the situation and besides the fact she's later going to give us like a whole rundown on stuff like where are the aliens going to nest and all this other crap where does she have that information from she had one encounter with it on a mining vessel another encounter with it in a colony and And on a ship and now we're in a completely different scenario where is she gathering this information from i have no idea where she got this intel that these aliens like to you know post up close to where food is like
1: she looked it up on wiki
0: (laughs) xenomorphpedia (laughs) yeah maybe so after the big the big funeral slash birth scene, which I thought was actually pretty cool. I don't know if that's part of if that's part of Fincher's original plan, but I do like the imagery of a funeral and a birth at the same time. It makes me think of <laughs> this is a weird comparison to make. It's a really freaking weird comparison to make considering this movie, but it makes me think of the Godfather and how, when Michael is becoming Godfather to his nephew and taking in like, and doing, you know, performing the ceremony, you know, the baptismal ceremony or performing or participating in the, in the baptismal ceremony. And he's having all these people killed and it's flashing between the two, you know, do you know, do you renounce Satan and all the sins? I do. And then, Boom! 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 He kills a couple of people, and then you know, do you you know, do you cast this out? I do, and then boom! 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 Another. So it made me think of that, and again, it's a weird, a fucking weird comparison to make with this movie and the Godfather, but that's what it made me think of. So after that whole scene, we get to have a reunion of sorts with Bishop. Ripley finds Bishop in the garbage dump, but before she is able to abscond with him, she is almost gang raped. But she gets saved by Dylan, who is the kind of he's kind of the spiritual leader of some of these prisoners. And he proceeds to literally beat the shit out of some of these guys with a crowbar. I don't know how they're alive to like feel bad about what they did. (laughs) Like he went at that one guy like crowbar over his head swinging down from a standing position to a crouch position a couple of good times yeah you, like is that guy even alive how the fuck is that guy even alive did he kill that guy is he making an example of him i don't know i don't know i don't know either yeah i feel like that scene kind of added a little bit of tension to this movie that i wasn't feeling right off the bat because the guy the the guy that runs the place andrews he says you're going to you're going to be disruptive and i think that without this near gang rape scene we don't really feel that tension that pressure it's still more about like is there isn't there an alien on this you know facility or whatever so now we know that ripley's got danger coming from two different angles i guess so how did you feel about that? Was that triggering for you at all? Or was that, did you feel like that contributed anything to the story or you think they could have dropped that? How did you feel about that?
1: I don't have strong feelings one way or the other, I guess. I mean, I understand why it was there. I don't always like seeing that stuff de- depicted on screen Sure. Yeah. for just, it's just hard to watch. Yeah. But I mean, I understand why they put it in, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I could sure. take it or leave it for me. I, I don't know.
0: Sure. So, okay. So after, Dylan saves her. She takes Bishop, or what's left of Bishop, back to the infirmary, and he scans through the ship records, and this is where we get to find out that there was a facehugger on board, and that it came with them to Fury 161 in the escape pod. But then he says, this is really fucking dark, too. He's like, I don't want to be half of what I was. I'd rather be nothing he says. He says I'd rather be nothing and that is so fucking nihilistic. I was like, good lord. He doesn't have any hope or any anything to believe in at that point, you know. Mm-hmm. And I realize he's an android and a lot of people would be like, hey, it's just a robot, but like AI, there's there's still like Bishop had feelings in that last movie, you know. He said, you know, he didn't want to be referred to. he prefers re- a certain type of terminology, prefers artificial person instead of android. And that, like, you know, he was kind of hurt by, you know, Ripley, you know, not trusting him and that sort of thing. So he definitely is sentient, you know, and for a sentient being to say, I have no hope, just shut me off and let me just cease to exist. That's really fucking dark, don't you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. definitely.
0: Anyway, so after Ripley shuts him down, the alien who has now grown to full size kills three more inmates.
1: Now, this thing grows fast. Yeah, it does. What are we, like, a couple hours out? I mean, to me, it didn't seem like we're days out. It seemed like we're maybe half a day. I wonder,
0: like, if you, in your head, do you have, like, an exact amount of time or at least an approximation of how long this movie is? Like, how long of a, like, time frame is is in the movie? Like, how long is Ripley on that station?
1: I don't know, a couple days? Yeah.
0: Exactly, Maybe? it feels very quick. Yeah. Doesn't feel like time really passes. It feels like we are in just this moment, and that's it. Yeah. So yeah. So it, like you said, it grows really fast. It kills three more people, and one of the one of the prisoners, Golek, sees the alien, calls it a dragon, and then Ripley decides that she's going to start talking, and she goes to Andrews, the head, and tells them, you know, hey, look, we've we've got to work together. To, you know, to kill this thing. And he says, no, 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 we're not. So we're not going to kill it because we don't have any weapons. (laughs) There are no guards on this planet. There are no, there's nothing there. The only thing that keeps the, the only thing that keeps these prisoners from murdering their guards is, or murdering their caretakers, I guess I should say, is the idea that they will be wiped out when they when the prison people get back or because they come in like once a month or something like that to restock them so but he also says that there's a rescue ship that's being sent to get ripley weyland yutani the corporation that ripley worked for has sent a rescue ship but they don't i mean come on they don't want ripley they want the alien right Yep. There's no way that, I mean, obviously (laughs) they're telling them that it's for Ripley because they don't want them being like, they don't want them freaking out. Right. But, but is Waylon Yutani just dumb? Because how do they not know that these aliens are going to like murder everyone? If there's an alien there, those people are all dead anyway. You know, they knew it was there. They show up with a cage at the end, for Christ's sake. They knew that alien was there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they did.
0: Later on, Ripley. And Clemens get attacked by the alien in the prison infirmary, and it kills Clemens. But then it's going to go after Ripley, and it decides, "Now nah, I'm good." All right, talk to this me. This here, yeah,
1: is a cool looking scene. Okay, this is this is fun. Yeah, you get you get Ripley there. You've got the alien right in her face. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like, and I knew this this section here, this picture, this frame. Mm -hmm. I've seen this. Oh yeah. I've never seen this movie before. This is a very popular thing. Now I'm going to give you a little tidbit here. Yeah. The producers denied this whole shooting section said, Nope, you can't do this. Mm -hmm. And David Fincher one day grabbed Ripley and the alien and just said, let's just shoot this real quick. Yeah. And they shot it and they got it in, even though they told him no, and it's it's probably the best shot in the in the whole movie.
0: It's the shot that they use in the trailer. It's the money shot from the trailer. So I think I think at this point 20th century fox should have looked at it and said, "Hold on guys, this guy might know what he's doing." But
1: obviously they didn't. But no, too bad because I think like, if if they let him do his thing, mm-hmm. this here is really good. Yeah. Yes. Just let him do his thing.
0: What a great, what a great visual too. This is stark mm-hmm. white background, Ripley terrified, the alien menacing, the jaws coming out and going back in. And it's like, oh and there's shit. just
1: like saliva, yeah, just wet dripping. I, oh, it's slime. So gross. Oh, it's oh, moist, it's-
0: moist slime. Anybody that wants it to hear is, the word and moist. And
1: she's that's... she's all glistening, sweat. Yeah. It, it is great. That's a very moist. Yeah. It is very moist.
0: So After this great scene, they go, Ripley runs to the cafeteria and she tells Andrews that Clemens was killed and that they were ambushed by the alien. And he tells her or he tells his second in command, Aaron, he tells him to take her back to the infirmary. But then while this is all going on, while they're having this big argument, the alien drops out of the ceiling and grabs Andrews and like yoinks him up into the uh, into the ceiling vent and he gets killed. Ripley then is the reluctant leader, the de facto leader of this group because nobody else wants to be in charge. She kind of gets everybody together and they 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 put f- flammable waste into the ventilation system and light it up to get the alien to come out but what happens is (laughs) what happens is the alien kind of I don't think it senses what's going on but it attacks while they're trying to set this whole thing up and it Uh causes this chain reaction that like kind of blows a bunch of shit up and kills a bunch of the other inmates Mm -hmm. and after that Ripley starts to feel a little woozy she starts to grab her chest and she starts to feel like oh god I'm gonna throw up or something and so she has Aaron, the second-in-command guy, take her to the escape pod's medical bay, and scan her. And that's when she discovers that she has a, an alien inside of her. Turns out it's an alien queen, which means it's going to basically start a whole new planet of aliens. I think when you when they pause it, Does you can say actually queen see
1: queen across it.
0: Yeah, like you know how like the like sometimes there are people wear shorts and it says queen across it on the ass. That's basically yeah. the alien has She's wearing
1: the queen shirt. The okay. queen
0: ass pants, yeah. No. No, I think what it is is that she actually sees like the like the larger head like in the movie in Aliens you saw that the, it had like this crest on its on its carapace, you know? And I think that's what she sees when they see the little thing although again not sure how she knows all this stuff because she knows right that, i was gonna
1: say she's yeah. seen one right i don't know i think you're taking some leaps here but right. all right it works and out in your favor She I guess.
0: she's seen one she's never seen one in a scan before well you could argue that she might have seen one in a scan before although they didn't know a anything queen it was- one no 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 no, not a queen one, but like just, just, seen, a regular seen, one. just seen a regular one, but I but but I think that argument gets thrown out right away because they don't know that Kane, John Hurt's character in the original Alien, they don't know that he has a, an alien inside of him. So I don't think they ever picked up that there was something that was being deposited by this facehugger. So to our knowledge, she has never seen a scan of an alien. She doesn't know what they look like in utero so to speak. How would she know that this is an alien? That's a good question. I'm I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that, and I, I love I mean,
1: I could I could see her jumping to this as an alien because obviously there's something weird in her right. chest. Sure, but yeah. but to just go right to this as a queen, I'm so like. It's right.
0: presumptive of herself to be like, "I'm good enough to hold the queen," so it's obviously I the queen, right? Got
1: the queen. In I
0: it. have the queen, right now. <laughs> although, although you could argue that maybe her maybe her jump in reasoning has more to do with the fact that the alien wouldn't attack her because it knows that's the future of its race. There, right?
1: I kind of took that though as she just had one in her so that's why it was she wasn't being attacked. I, I I felt like it didn't matter that it was a queen that it just it knew that there was
0: she was an dead alien anyway. Yeah, yeah,
1: inside of her so right. doesn't matter whether it was queen or regular alien I don't think it would have attacked her. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So she also finds out that Waylan Yutani is going to basically use these aliens. These are the aliens that they've been chasing since the first movie for bioweapons. They, you know, evil corporation. They want to turn everything into a weapon somehow. And, uh, Ripley, you know, she knows the aliens not going to kill her. She wants Dylan to murder her because she doesn't want to give birth to this thing. You know, she doesn't want to be a cocoon for an alien. But Dylan won't do it. He's only going to kill her if she helps them kill the alien first. And so she agrees, and he agrees. They don't shake on it, but they you know they get as close of, uh, as close to a shake as you're going to get in this movie. And they form a plan to lure the alien into this mold, the fa- the foundry's mold. They're going to trap it in there and then pour molten lead on it. So they form this- I was very
1: confused where what kind of place they were at because I thought I yeah. was taking it as this was like a planet or this area they were at was like a dump site for like toxic waste or something is what I was taking it as. And all of a sudden, this is a foundry with molten lead here. And I'm like, I, I don't I don't think I'm following- what they're trying to tell me here
0: yeah well i mean the foundry is revealed right away at the beginning with mm-hmm. newts with newts funeral we see that that's a foundry right,
1: right which we knew that
0: right but. so I, I think that they mentioned early on that it is a you know prison work planet so these guys are there working it's not just a dump but i don't think they ever really say what specifically they do other than they have lead. <laughs> it's literally their only <laughs> it's literally their only weapon is some lead. and so they do this whole
1: also if they have lead can't they like forge some swords or some spears or something out of the thing?
0: only like if hard, they have things? only if they have molds to do so. they'd have to create molds for it first.
1: you think if they're there long enough they'd figure that out?
0: maybe they don't have time to do it? i don't know. i don't know. i don't know. i don't know enough about Molten lead works. <laughs> Me so. either.
1: Everything I know is from movies. So right. All all, all <laughs> Not my very much. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, my knowledge from my knowledge of the molten lead foundry scene is is strictly informed by movies as well. So, <laughs> yeah. So they they do this plan where they're going to bait the alien into chasing them and closing doors behind them as they go. They've got basically two person teams that are going to cause the alien to run after one of the one of the prisoners and then another prisoner is going to shut a door as the alien gets to it to kind of guide it into the mold and it ends up it ends up killing everybody except for Dylan Morse and Ripley Morse is the guy that's going to dump the lead Dylan and Ripley are the last two surviving and the alien is trapped in this mold with them. They're going to climb out, but Dylan notices that the alien will follow him because it's going to kill him. It won't kill Ripley. It wants Ripley to get out because it needs, to have, it needs to have the birth, right? The birth needs to happen. So he decides he's going to stay in the mold and tells Morse to go ahead and pour the lead on him. And then he proceeds to have a fist fight with the alien. this is so last time we did an alien movie an alien anniversary movie we talked about predator and we talked about how the movie predator came from a joke where the joke was rocky's gonna have to fight an alien right that's kind of what we get here we get a (laughs) fist fight with an alien at the end of this movie but then it's not a very long fist fight before the molten lead comes down it kills dylan and presumably kills the alien but as they are kind of rejoicing. The alien jumps out of the lead. Apparently, it's skin. It's, it's, it's resistant to molten lead, but not resistant to fire because they make it a point early on to make, to make note that the alien is afraid of fire, but it doesn't get harmed by heat. Just fire, maybe. Who knows? Ripley activates the fire sprinklers, which causes the molten metal around the alien to cool rapidly and shatter, and it blows it apart. But then it's not over yet, guys. There's, but wait, there's more. I've always wanted to say that. I've always wanted to say that. And here we are. <laughs> so Weyland-Yutani is arriving just as this all is kind of happening. And oh, yeah, that's right. Aaron was still alive, too, because he was waiting for Weyland-Yutani to get there. They have a whole bunch of commandos. They have some scientists, and then they have a bishop with them. But he's not an android bishop. He is the creator of the bishop androids, and he created them to look like himself, which is kind of a God complexy thing. Right, yeah. Yeah. He wants Ripley to have surgery to remove the embryo, and he says, we're going to destroy it. All the same stuff they've always said. We're going to destroy it. We only care about you. We just want you to be okay. She's like, nah, fuck They don't guys. give two
1: shits about her.
0: No, they don't. They only want the alien, just like every other corporation. Right, guys, the corporations don't care about you. They just want your aliens. And in your cases, guys, listeners, the aliens are your money. So, just so you know. So, uh, So, alien, or alien, alien says, no, Ripley is basically like, you know, fuck off. I'm not giving you the alien. I'm not going to go with you. She jumps on the platform that Morse is on that releases the lead and has him like drag the platform out over the now pooled molten lava and then she does a a little Christ dive off the thing and just as she's falling
1: off... She golems this thing.
0: She golems this thing. Just as she's falling off, the alien starts to burst out of her chest, and she grabs it and hugs it towards her, and, and they... she's
1: smiling. I swear yeah. to God, this yeah. remind me of Gollum with the Lord of the Rings. Now yeah. th- that that that's later in the movies, but you know the books were before. But I swear to God, this is like this looks like Gollum jumping into <laughs> the fires of mortar
0: Right, right. But so she kills herself. She kills the queen. And the facility gets closed down. Morse is led away and Ripley's log entry from the original film from the end of the Nostromo plays in the emergency vehicle. Somehow. I don't know how, why is that on the emergency vehicle from the Sulaco? It's from the Nostromo originally. Why did they have that just to play at the end of this movie? I don't know. And RIP Ripley that's the end of her, or is it? Because then there is going to be another one after this. So.
1: <laughs> I yeah, fox just can't leave well she's enough definitely, alone. Definitely, <laughs> she's definitely dead here. I don't think you could survive that—a human <laughs> yeah. being—and survive that,
0: right? Unless she's protected by an alien, guys. You never know. Yeah, but she's just
1: holding it. It's not like protecting She's her. It's holding not like it. It has but a that... magic spell that's like, ooh, I am going to wrap your body in a cocoon of safety. We don't,
0: we don't know about that. We didn't know about that. We, there are all kinds of things about this alien that we could never... They didn't show us that,
1: read. so that is not what happened.
0: No, they didn't, but they did show us some cool shit. They showed us that it, this alien can also spit acid. It spits acid into one of the, one of the prisoner's faces at one point, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. I thought that mm-hmm. was neat. It was kind of snake snake-like in that way, right? One of the other things that I thought was interesting is that the queen embryo, seems to take a lot longer to gestate than the dog embryo like there's a whole lot of different it's it, i don't know i don't know i mean obviously it makes sense i always argue like you know people say oh Cl- okay i'm going to talk star trek for a second honey plug your ears but i always argue that like people like to complain about like how klingons look different in the original series than they look in the movie the original motion picture and then from what they look in the next generation and my my assessment has always been like just because they're on a planet doesn't mean every single Klingon looks alike. That's actually kind of racist, right? My thought process is, well, there's obviously going to be different like versions of Klingons. So this movie having different versions of aliens actually kind of speaks to me. I kind of like that idea that there are the possibility, there is the possibility of there being other types of aliens. Now, originally the original script had this happening Had this being an ox that it comes out of not a dog did you did you read any of that in your uh, in your notes that that i did read
1: that? it was something else but i don't i didn't read that it was an ox i thought ah. it was something else but nope
0: it was it was an ox and in fact okay. if you go and watch the assembly cut which we do have on blu-ray if you ever wanted to see it there is an assembly cut that has the ox scene restored it's not the dog so that's pretty cool what did you think of the alien vision stuff I like thought that
1: cheating. was, I thought that was all right. It was a little unsettling, you know, for me, you know, I get dizzy real easy. So some sure, of that stuff yeah. was making me a little dizzy, but yeah, I do like that. It looked different than the humans looking. So it kind of, we knew that we were in the point of view of the alien at that point. Sure. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. kind of neat. Okay. What do you think?
0: I, well, see, it was one of those things that I had a hang up about the first time I watched it and I don't think I'm over it. I don't think I'm okay with alien vision. Because to me, and I think, I think really what it is, is the movie is supposed to be POV from the human's perspective, and it's supposed to be, okay, you know, this, this idea is humanity versus nature, you know what I mean? Not nature versus humanity. So I don't really give a shit about what the alien perceives. I don't want to see it from their perspective. I want to see it only from the human perspective.
1: Also, I feel like it makes the alien a little less scary because we're starting to see things from its point of view versus the human. So I I don't think because I feel like if we were watching that same chase from the human point of view, I think that would have been scarier seeing the alien coming versus us just watching a human running.
0: I think I know why they did that, though, and I think it's because the alien looks really fucking bad. (laughs) <laughs> and so they probably inserted these shots of alien vision to sure. maybe cut down on the amount of screen time that the alien had. I don't know. I'm not hundred percent sure, but it certainly feels that way.
1: So Yeah. Makes sense. Do you
0: have any other notes or any other tidbits that you want to share? I know there's a lot of history and a lot of, a lot of stuff that went on behind the scenes of this flick.
1: There is, I mean, everything I was reading, so much of it was just the whole, Discord happening with the whole creation of this. And I didn't want to go into all that. I thought if we just talk about that, just real briefly at the beginning there, I felt like that was enough because there really was a lot of back and forth and a lot of money spent on sets that were never used because they rewrote scripts. And I think this is a very expensive movie Mm. and I just don't think it performed up to those standards. So yeah unfortunate i feel like this the studio should have just let the director do his vision and it would have been a lot better so
0: yeah absolutely i'd have to 100 percent agree with that and to be honest with you there's so many writers on this movie so many times that it's been rewritten how do you even how do you even have a story at that point you know I, one of the things that I remember reading about, or at least hearing, maybe I maybe I heard David Fincher talk about it, or I read an article about it or something at one point, is that Fincher was angry because he didn't have a set script ever to shoot from with this movie. So how do you do that? I mean, nothing. Right. Like, if you're making Tommy shoot, Boy, that's different. If you're right, making an alien shoot,
1: movie it sounded like they would shoot one day mm-hmm. and then the next day what they did was not good because they rewrote the script. So they'd have <laughs> to like do stuff over again. Yes. So it's just constantly like no direction because you've got the studio coming in and trying to do all these rewrites and this and that. And it, it really sounded like a nightmare. I, I would have, I kind of feel bad for the people, <sighs> the actors and the director and stuff who are trying to, you know, yeah. Put their, put their art and their work into this. And it's just being kind of, you know, puppeted around, I guess. So I don't
0: know. Yikes. 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 I do have one other quick thing that I want to say about the writing of this. Alan Dean Foster, who had written the screen or the, excuse me, at the screenplay had written the novelization of the first two films Signed on to do this one, but he hated the script so much that he wanted to be able to alter it. But the producer said, you can't change the storyline. So he went out and he went and he went and did what he was told with this movie. And then he said, I'm not doing any more of your alien movie scripts or any of more of your alien movie novelizations. And so he's the, he he's the only one that he never did was the Alien Resurrection novelization. It's interesting that even, even Alan Dean Foster knew that the script was shit, you know, he didn't like that he, from what I, from what I've heard, he didn't like that Newt was killed off. He thought that that was like a cardinal sin because of the bond that she had with Ripley and where they were at the end of that last movie, you know?
1: Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Okay, so since we don't have any other trivia tidbits or anything like that, we have only one thing left to do, and that is to decide whether we will keep this, we will rent this, or we will erase this. Jennifer.
1: This is hard. I, I'm i between erase and rent. Yeah, This is not a keep for me. Gotcha. The, it has some cool, iconic visuals in it mm-hmm. that you associate with the alien movies, Ripley being bald, you know, the, that whole infirmary interaction. There's stuff like that. That's that I think is good in there and it's worth seeing it, but this is, I don't feel like this is a good movie. (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) Sure. So I think I'll kind of do a light rent. I think it's worth seeing if you're an alien fan, we'll see these, these images and stuff but it's probably not something you're going to revisit a lot. Maybe watch it once, maybe 10 years later. If you feel like watching it again, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be like an annual rotation movie at all.
0: Gotcha. Okay. I, I'm going to come down hard on this movie. Okay. There's a couple of reasons. Number one, I love David Venture. I like his work. The man has done some of my favorite films. And I think he was did Dirty in this production. Now, I understand it was his rookie year. He hadn't done anything other than music videos before this. They didn't have a whole lot of faith in him. I get it. I can understand from Fox's perspective that they wanted a hit, that they needed this to be profitable. But, but the problem is that they didn't give him a chance. And what we get out of this is such a such a ridiculous mess that I'm going to go ahead and say it. I, you know, and now remember, the alien franchise is kind of near and dear to my heart. It's a memory that I share with my mother. It is a movie series that I've seen a lot of, but this movie, this movie, just about killed my my enthusiasm for the aliens franchise. So I'm going to say this is a this isn't a race, guys. Don't watch this movie. You are not missing anything by not seeing this movie. You can watch Alien and Aliens and get the same effect. You can. Stop there. Stop after Aliens. You don't have to watch anymore. You don't have to, guys. They don't own you. You don't have to watch anymore. Stop after Aliens. That's where I sit. All right. So how are you feeling? You're doing okay, or are you a little Thor?
1: Yes, next week we're going to cover... Thor oh, Love and Thunder.
0: You aren't you are Thor. Okay. That's good. <laughs> yes, next week, guys. Thor Love and Thunder. I don't think it's release weekend, right? We're doing that'll be a week after release.
1: We right.
0: So it gives you guys a chance to watch the movie. Get out there and watch gives the movie. Gives us come a back. chance to watch it too. <laughs> <laughs> don't hey, come on, don't tell them how the sausage is made. Jeez. We
1: are <laughs> yeah. I, just just to put it out there. We are not a opening night movie goer people we go Uh,
0: not generally
1: matinees and (laughs) yeah when it's a little less crowded i don't
0: need to be around (laughs) that many mouth breathers you know
1: also it it seems crazy every time we go to the movies nowadays there's people talking in the theater why are you going to movies to talk go do that outside stop talking in movie theaters it drives me nuts
0: yeah shut the hell up and stop stop flashing your phone unless you're taking notes for a podcast you hear me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is Maybe why we sit in the back are. row <laughs> yeah but we sit in the back row like respectable people for god's sake
1: we do and then we turn the the light way down on it we have don't have black to, setting hey, hey, in the back we <laughs> don't have to explain anything to these guys come on
0: <laughs> all right so next next week thor love and thunder and we will see you right here on the couch for that thanks for listening thank you for listening to a view from the couch we value your feedback please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your preferred podcast listening app.
1: You can reach us on Facebook by searching at A View From the Couch, on Twitter at view underscore couch, or by emailing us at couch at yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening. Bye.
0: See ya.